Thank you to the Barkman family for doing our Advent lighting and reading this evening. And thank you to all the families uh, who over the Advent season have uh, been willing to come. And it's often uncomfortable to stand in front of people and to read and to light candles that sometimes are hard to light. And so we're very thankful for each of you who have done that this season. So if you've not been with us over the last uh, several weeks, we have been on a journey with a topic on Sunday mornings of sharing Christmas. Um, here, here's some of the topics that we've talked about. We've talked about sharing true love, sharing true forgiveness, sharing true hope, and sharing, this morning we looked at sharing true joy. And, and tonight, real quickly, I promise I'll keep it short, I want to touch on the most important, and that is, as people who love and trust Jesus, sharing with the world the true gospel. I am confident that there are many people in our world right now who celebrate Christmas who have no idea what the celebration of Christmas means, the reason for the Christmas season. Steve Lawson, a fairly famous preacher, made this statement. He said this, Jesus did not come to create a holiday. Jesus was born to die for sinners. God incarnate. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate a baby in a manger who is God in flesh. But as that child lies in a manger, the shadow of the cross hangs over him. So truly and rightly, to share Christmas with the world, we must share the message of the good news. We must share the message of the gospel. The only reason we celebrate Christmas is to prepare our hearts for Easter. What we do tonight is we celebrate the incarnation of God coming into his creation in the form of a baby boy is really to prepare our hearts to celebrate Easter, that he would go to a cross and that he would die for us. And so I just want to do something very simple tonight. I want to read a few passages to you as we celebrate the gospel, which is Christ dying in our place to save us from our sins. The first comes from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 6. There Isaiah the prophet speaks of Jesus the Messiah, and he says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the iniquity of us all. Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8, speaking of Jesus, though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul goes on as he writes to the Colossian church, Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, Paul says, In Jesus, 
All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14, Paul writes this, You who were dead in your trespass and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespass by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This is, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Finally, Peter writes this in 1 Peter 2, verses 22 to 25. Peter writes, Jesus committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. There is a story that's told, as I did a little bit of research, the best I could come up with is that it originally it originated with a, an old preacher from many years ago from the mountains of Virginia. Maybe you've heard the story. If not, I'd like to share it with you real quickly. The story goes something like this. There was a, a school, a small school, and the, the students in the school were very, very bad students, and they continued to run the teachers off from the school. Teacher after teacher quit. Finally, this young teacher graduated from college and came to the, the, the leader of the school and said, I would like to be the teacher of this school. And the leader said, do you know what you're asking for? These students have run off teacher after teacher after teacher. And he said, I would like to try. And so this young teacher comes in the first day and he introduces himself. And there was a big student in the class. The story goes, his name was Big Tom. And Big Tom looked at his friends and he says, don't worry about this guy. I can whoop this one by myself. The teacher, the young teacher said to the students, I would really like to help you learn, but you're going to have to help me do that. And in order to do that, there's got to be some rules and I want you to help me establish some rules. And so he said, you tell me what rules you think are fair. We'll put them on the board and then we will abide by them. And so one student said, we shouldn't lie. And so he wrote, you shouldn't lie. Another student said, you shouldn't steal from each other. And so he wrote it on the board. Another student said, we should be on time to class. And so finally, they had 10 rules written on the board. And then the young teacher said to the, to the students, he said, if there's going to be rules, there has to be a punishment. If you break the rules, what should the punishment be? The punishment suggested was 10 lashes on their back with their coat off. Now, obviously, this is not modern day, just by that detail. Imagine a teacher suggesting that today. There might be some that would like to do that. <laughs> so the, the teacher said, well, that's a pretty strict and, and harsh punishment, but if that's what you think we should do, that's what we'll do. And so the 10 rules were laid out. The punishment for breaking the rules was laid out. And for several days, things went well. It was about the third or fourth day, so the story goes, that Big Tom was irate. And he claimed that someone had stolen his lunch. And so the, the teacher began to investigate and it was quickly discovered that a little scrawny boy named Tim had stolen Big Tom's lunch. 
Little Tim admitted to it. And the teacher said to him, you know that we establish these rules. You know that we establish the punishment for breaking the rules. And I must punish you. And so he said to little Tim, take off your coat. And little Tim said, teacher, I am ready to take my punishment. But please don't make me take off my coat. And he said, you know the rules. You know what we all agreed to. You agreed to this. And he said, why don't you want to take off your coat? And he, he exposed himself and he had no shirt on underneath his coat. And he said, why do you not have a coat on? It's winter. It's cold. And he said, I, my family's poor. We have, I have one shirt. And today is the day that my mother washes my shirt. And so I have no shirt on. And so he said, well, you know the punishment. And the boy took off his shirt and, and this little frail, skinny boy bent over, ready to take his lashes the teacher was in despair as he saw his backbone. He was so thin. And as he got ready to give him his lashes, he said, Big Tom stood up in the back and he said, Teacher, is there anything in the rules that would prevent me from taking the punishment for little Tim? And the teacher said, Well, we've established nothing that, wouldn't, that would permit that, so no, there's not. And he said, Then I'm going to take his punishment for him. Big Tom, a burly young man, pulled off his coat and he leaned over little Tim and the teacher began to put that rod over his back. Three or four strikes and he said the, the rod broke in two. And he said that the teacher said he began to weep. He began to sob as what was going on. And as he looked up at the classroom, he said every student in the, in the classroom was weeping and he said he did not realize that as he was striking Big Tom on the back, little Tim had wrapped his arms around this big boy's neck and he began to sob saying, thank you. I will love you until the day I die for taking the punishment that is due to me. And friends, I share that story with you. When I, when I heard that story, I was struck. I was like, immediately, the pictures of the gospel began to flood my heart and my mind. That, in, in, in a physical sense, speaking spiritually, that is exactly what Jesus has done for us. While we deserve the punishment of a righteous and holy God, God put on flesh and he stepped into his own creation. And these passages that we've just read, he stood in our place as our substitute to take the punishment that I deserve and that you deserve. And so as we celebrate Christmas tonight, I hope that we are mindful of the true good news the true message of the gospel, the true reason that we celebrate the birth of a baby boy born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Maybe John 3.16 says it best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. My hope and my prayer for every one of us here tonight is not, not that we have big trees, not that we have lots of lights, not that there's lots of presence, but that you personally know Jesus, the one who humbled himself, put on flesh, and died to pay your debt through his sacrifice. Let me pray for us, and then our Musicians and singers will continue to lead us as we worship together through song. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this Christmas season. God, as we've been talking about ways that we might share Christmas with others, we think of true love and we think of the message of true forgiveness and true hope and true joy. But the message of the gospel, the message of Christmas, the message of the good news is a message of 
Jesus, God incarnate, God in flesh, who came to seek and to save sinful men and women that would look to him by faith. Father, as we sing tonight, as we celebrate with presents and friends and meals, oh God, let us be mindful of the true reason for the Advent season, that Jesus would come to save sinners such as ourselves. We love you, oh God, we praise you, and I pray that you would be real to each and every one of us. We offer all praise and honor and glory to Christ alone. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would